No one knows what the future holds, but if a new house is in your future, I can help from a safe distance. I'm Nick Acosta, your downtown expert, and I'm hosting safe and sanitary open houses. Nothing is different except for temperature checks at the door and masks are required, but it still smells like there are fresh baked cookies in the oven. So come on by one of my safe and sanitary open houses, and I'll say welcome home from six feet away. This is Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast with your host, Nicholas Acosta. Nick sits down with guests to talk about real estate and how it works. Reach him at downtown.expert on Facebook and Instagram or his website, www.downtown.expert or call or text him at 407-508-8809. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. This is Nicholas Acosta, your host of the podcast, Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast, coming to you live for the very first time from down uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, again, I've got Mike Tinsetic with me today, Blanchard Insurance. Uh, we've got some awesome stuff to talk about. Let me bring him in. Hey there, Mike. Good afternoon. Hey, Nick. How's it going? How's it going over there in uh, living downtown St. Pete right now? It's going great over here. We just... It's everywhere you go, you can tell that you're near the beach and yeah. uh, you can feel the nice breeze that we've been feeling for the past few days. So it's really nice over here. Yeah, uh, no, that's it's, uh, well, it's a little bit warmer over here in Orlando because we all get that nice, uh, cool breeze. And that's why I always like going out of my uh, you know, mother's place and uh, down in Port St. Lucie because you get you're not walking at night, you know, even when it's, you know, you know, humid as heck, but you still get that nice, cool breeze. And I kind of like miss that a lot, but uh, it's going good over here. I mean, uh, I'm still in the, sitting in the pub from St. Patty's day. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been a good week. Uh, uh, it was good to see, you know, people out. I went out on St. Patty's day. It was good to see people out, but it was good to see people behaving and, uh, you know, because of COVID and respecting each other's social distancing and all that and wearing masks. So it's been a good week, man. Can't complain. No, that's awesome. Cause you, you may remember and everybody listening may remember that, uh, a year ago on St. Patrick's day is when the governor shut all the bars down. Exactly. Remember? Yep. Exactly. So it was interesting. <laughs> hurt, hurt a lot of bars, but uh, it's good to see, uh, you know, some of the pubs and the local restaurants and coming back around, you're seeing, you know, more people out. And, uh, and I know it's spring break, too. So I know a lot of people are, uh, you know, out and about with their kids at, uh, you know, the resorts and, uh, you know, at the beaches. And, well, and, you know, it's glad to see people, you know, are, uh, you know, still taking precautions to make sure everybody's safe now. No, I couldn't agree more. So, Mike, with that, um, there's a lot of been a lot of things going on, of course, in the housing uh, division, but also the imp is impacted by what you do for a living in your company, Blanchard Insurance, uh, in terms of home insurance. So, let's talk about that. What are some things that are you're seeing right now that uh, maybe real estate agents or insurance is running into because of new rules or new regulations? 
Sure, absolutely. Uh, recently, and you, you may, may remember this about, you, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, when they started really cracking down on issues, you know, like older roofs and, you know, polybutylene piping and, you know, old water heaters and whatnot, or, uh, you know, even Federal Pacific panels, you know, outdated Federal Pacific panels on people's houses, they were uh, giving, you know, some allowances there. I mean, uh, in regards to time to get those replaced after, you know, post-closing. So, you know, if somebody agreed to sign an invoice or sign a contract, you know, to get a new roof put on within the first 30 days of closing, post-closing, you know, that was all good and well. But due to the amount of claims that the insurance companies are suffering right now, and to give you an example of the scale of that, uh, if we can sidebar for a minute and talk about citizens insurance, they, I read a back the other day that they are writing something like 5,000 policies a week or something ridiculous. Uh, maybe that's a month, but I think, it, I think it actually said a week. And they already have uh, 800 litigated claims in process. Uh, like that's their current, which is a lot of litigated claims. I mean, those are ones that can go to trial, if not settled before. But it gives you an idea of the scope of, you know, the claims aren't slowing down. They're just continuing to increase. So the insurance companies have kind of backed up on those allowances and just saying, you know, no, we want the property to have a clean bill of health before we go to the closing table because they don't want to inherit anything because there would be nothing stopping. Uh, like, so for example, Nick, if you bought, you know, a home with a 20 year old roof. Well, I mean, the day you close, the insurance company's on the hook. There is no endorsement. There's no caveat that they can add legally to the policy that says, hey, Nick, you can't file a claim the next day. I mean, if the house burns down, they're required to pay. So they look at right. that and they go, well, you know, maybe it's not Nick's decision or his discretion to want to file a claim. But let's say a roofer does come knock on his door and says, hey, Nick, you know, like, Hey, look, yeah, you want a new roof? Yeah, okay, well, we're going to make the insurance company pay for, you know, that $20,000 roof minus, you know, your $1,000 hail deductible, and we're going to get that put on you. How would you like to save $19,000? And that's the way it's pitched, and that's what they're worried about. They're not really worried about the homeowner. They're worried about the scam artists out there, and they're worried about, you know, having to, you know, pay those claims. So, again, they're really just those allowances, those – uh, exceptions that we used to be able to make in this industry two years ago, they are going away. It's funny that you, we talk about this, we've talked about this before, but I was in a training yesterday and uh, I didn't get a chance to tell you this in advance, but the person that was doing the class for the real estate agents in Pinellas was talking about how um, the new trend in Florida is that the cities now or the counties on resale homes are actually going to start mandating that they inspect the home for permitting issues or any problems before a house closes. So that also ties into what you're talking about with insurance and how they've changed their allowances and their rules, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they've even gone so far as uh, yesterday we were talking to an underwriter at a carrier and the issue was 
plumbing and it was, you know, old galvanized plumbing. And the insurance company was even talking about the supply lines entering the house, which are obviously, you know, in the yard. And they were just like, we don't care. You know, it's just, if it's the city's responsibility, well, you reach out to the city to correct it because they know that if somebody's driving by and sees a billboard on I-4 that says, hey, get your house replumbed for free, that somebody's going to unfortunately try to take advantage of that. So again, it's, you know, they aren't bending the rules uh, uh, like they used to. I mean, they are, it's just strict black and white right now. Yeah, it's going to definitely change the way all of us do business for sure, especially with all this coming up. But I think it's good for buyers agents. I mean, I think it gives I agree. a yeah. lot more uh, ammunition uh, in negotiations when they go. And I tell, you know, all of our buyers agents reach out to us. If you need something in email or writing, our brokerage is more than happy to send something over that you can send to the buyer. I mean, we can, we can, you know, write about, write it up on our letterhead that says, Hey, no, you cannot get insurance for this, uh, you know, with these issues on, on these houses. Oh, for, I'll use a personal example of mine and the, the condo that's under contract in Orlando. Um, I was told by the buyer's inspector that the water heater itself um, is not that old, but it has a little bit of rust at the bottom. So I agreed to, as a seller, I agreed to um, change, have the water heater replaced, which they are doing that today, um, because they had a fear that, obviously, their fear was that it could eventually start leaking. And I, as a as a citizen, as a real estate broker, as an agent, I feel like I don't want to pass on my property or anybody's property where a day later after closing, the water heater bursts or something else goes wrong or a pipe bursts out of the wall, you know? That's the sure. way I feel. Absolutely. And when you're talking about water damage claims, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, after experiencing them myself, after seeing, you know, hundreds of clients experience them over the years and actually being involved where I've been out at the ha their house helping, you know, a mitigation company, you know, scoop up water and dry outs. Uh, you know, I help manage a commercial huge commercial property where we've had water claims. I've seen it, I've done it. And I can tell you that it's pretty much, it, it sucks. And a lot of people don't think because the amounts aren't huge, you know, some, you know, a fire claim, you know, is going to be a huge, you know, hundred thousand, you know, multi-million dollar loss. Water claims generally average below $10,000, uh, you know, which is kind of your average, but we do see them extreme. I saw one the other day, it was a $100,000 claim on water. But, you know, they're usually monetarily, they are not, you know, these shock, what we call in our industry, shock losses, but they suck. And when I say that, they cause a lot of damage. And, you know, once water gets on a floor, people don't realize this. Drywall can suck water up literally eight feet, 10 feet, a crawl, will crawl up the wall within the first probably couple hours. Uh, and it creates mold issues. When you have carpet, it just creates mold issues. Getting it, it sucks to have a dryer in a dehumidifier or a dehu in your house, you know, sounding like a jet airplane taking off for the next five or six days. I mean, it's some of the worst stuff out there. And I tell people, I'm kind of like, you know, when they gripe about having to replace some plumbing or a hot water heater, it's 
prevention. You know, it's an ounce of prevention because I'm like, trust me, you do not want to hold out and wait for that to happen because I've seen it so many times. It sucks. Been through it myself. So you're kind of better off again, you know, with an ounce of prevention instead of waiting for it to happen. Because again, it's not a huge monetary loss, but it creates havoc. And then again, you're going to start worrying about having a mold issue for years after that because you don't think you sucked up all the water. No, I, I agree. Um, I know you talked about the piping just now, but um, another thing we were going to talk about is about the carriers typically don't offer a 38 grace period to make repairs and replacement. I guess we've just already talked about this, but like the roof and no, no heating. What is it? No heating, like as in a water heater or actual heater or that you're talking about? Uh, about the water heaters? Yeah. Or is that something that, that, what about what's the requirement with a water heater for insurance? Does it have to be, you know, like like I was telling you how mine was rusting? Would that be an issue for insurance, saying that there's rust on the bottom of it? Nowadays? Yes. Um, again, like we were talking about the other week about home inspections, uh, on, they never require the full inspection. You know, the eighty, you know, eighty page report or whatever it is. Uh, right. So on the four points, yes, it needs to say that there are no deficiencies. And more important, most importantly, it's the age. And I mean, your hot water heater, hot water heater, usually better be under fifteen years old. Same thing with like your air conditioner and everything else in the house, but. Uh, when they see when, when they see something on the four point inspection, especially on older homes, if they see any discrepancies like unsatisfactory, there's rust on it, there's a hole in it, you know, there's you know PEX pipe or sorry uh, polybutylene piping attached to it. Yes, they're going to have issues with it. All right, well, cool. That's what, and that's probably uh, one other reason they asked me to fix it. But I had no problem doing, it. even if it was a cash deal and they weren't getting insurance. I would still feel more comfortable turning over my property to somebody with it all fixed so they don't run into an issue in the future, for sure. Um, yeah. And what other like things have changed like in terms of, you know, I know we talked about the grace period, no more of the grace period, but anything else that's going on that's impacting, um, you know, homes or resale homes or brand new homes out there with insurance? Yeah. Um, here's one that uh, issue we ran into the other day, and it really just stresses the importance. And since we're talking about condos here is loss assessments. And I just was talking to a client the other day who got hit with a, you know, retired, retired lady, uh, you know, on a fixed income. And she got hit with a uh, loss assessment, a special assessment from the HOA. And the HOA was basically, and this is Florida law. I mean, they can do this. Uh, they said, we need a new roof. And we got an attorney involved and we got a roofing company involved. And guess what? I think they're deductible. And I use rough, I'll use rough numbers here. Let's say their deductible is $100,000, which is not really unheard of for, you know, a, you know, a large, you know, condo association. So what they can do is the board, if they choose to go through, they can special assess the unit owners for that deductible. So they would take, you know, let's say there's a hundred residents, they would take that hundred thousand dollar deductible, divide it up among the, the condo unit owners and make them pay for it. Now, if there's any overage, like let's say there's only a million dollars in coverage, but that roof costs $1.1 million to put on, guess what? They're going to special assess that other $100,000 is going to come down on you. So what happened in this case was she got a $2,000, you know, I think it was like uh, maybe, 
$2,100 assessment. And she was like, is this covered under the insurance policy? And I'm like, absolutely, yes. There's a coverage on there for this specifically, <clears throat> which is called a loss assessment coverage. Hmm. A lot of agents out there and a lot of brokerages, uh, sorry, brokers will negate this on the insurance side. I mean, because it comes built into the policy usually for like $1,000. I say when you have a condo, whatever company you're insured with, max out that coverage. It may cost you $25. Now, the coverage back in the day, going back a couple of decades, used to be pretty substantial. I mean, like you could get up to $25,000. You could get up to $10,000. Now, kind of the max we're seeing is about five thousand dollars depending on the company the average is about two thousand dollars because what happens is uh let's say you have a company like universal property casualty pretty much they dominate i wouldn't be surprised if you could someday consider they have a monopoly on the condo market here in florida they that's what they're good at they've always done it they've always insured coastal condos now if you let's say those hundred units let's say 90 of them are insured through universal property casualty and let's say they had to pay twenty five thousand dollars out on each one well, that's a significant shock loss to them. So that's why a lot of the companies have kind of toned that back because, again, it gets used and abused. And so they've towed it back down to $2,000. But even if you can up your coverage $1,000, at some point, you're going to be hit with one of these special loss assessments. Now, it can't be confused with other special assessments because like in this assessment, this handed down to this particular client, there was also improvements and betterments in there. I think there was something in there in regards to like balconies or landscapings or actually improving the property. That's not covered under the loss assessment. The loss assessment is only covered for a covered peril, like an insurance loss. But, you know, they're obviously they're not going to the insurance company is not going to pay for, you know, a new amenity to be added to, you know, you know, the property. But that's something that I came across the other day and it just reinforced the fact that uh, a lot of people don't have the coverage and a lot of retirees, especially don't have the money to cover these special loss assessments. So it's very important for them to max out those coverages or even buyers agents suggesting that, hey, look at these loss assessments and then looking at historical data. I mean, asking the, the associations, like, when is the last time you did have an assessment? Am I walking into something? Because we've had buyers who have walked into six months down the road and they're getting a $25,000 special assessment. And that's, again, as you know, Nick, you know, owning a condo yourself, it's part of the game. I mean, yes, right. when you have a condo, that is the risk it is, you know, yes, special assessments can be handed down and you really have no control over it. Oh, yeah, that's just one of the many things for sure. Like, and then also it's like litigation sometimes too against the board mm -hmm. you have to, that you take that risk. But you know, sometimes the risk, that's what you get for living in a building where everything, like all the common areas are taken care of for you, the exterior is taken care of you, for you, and the roof's taken care of you. So one of the pluses, that's the plus, but with that plus, like you're saying, comes a risk of special assessments as well as litigation. On yeah, that kind of properties. another great uh, topic, which is what is considered, when do you need condo insurance and when do you need a town home insurance? And this has been, again, going on for decades in Florida, especially central Florida. It is a mess. I currently own a townhome. I've owned two more before that. I just like townhomes for some reason. But uh, what it happened is, like, people, there's no 
like, let me break this down. Like, there is no real delineation sometimes between what is a condo and what is a townhome regarding to these associations and the insurance. Uh, and I'll give you a clear example. We have a townhome association right now, and they, of course, they got you know approached by a roofer and they got approached by a lawyer. So now what they're doing is trying to get the entire uh, HOA docs redone as condos because they're currently townhomes. And the insurance company, you know, they have a say. So when it's a condo, they want to insure like a condo. When it's insured like a townhome, they want to insure like a townhome. The easiest way for anybody to tell, number one, is the quickest way is what is the HOA fee? If the HOA fee is under probably three to $350, it's a good indication that there it's a townhome and there's a master policy insuring the outside of the building and the roof. Now, just because an association takes care of it, maintenance-wise, they paint it, they replace the roof after 20 years, and you know they'll fix your balconies or whatnot, does not mean it is insured by them. Right. And usually a master policy on one of those associations is going to be a significant premium, and you're going to see that in your HOA fees. So if somebody's got a you know, $100 HOA fee, and you're, you, know, you think it's a condo, it's probably a townhome. The other delineation is usually, do you own the lot? Do you own the land that the townhome sits on? Because condos, you don't own that. Right. And that's another good indication, but it's very important. That's why we always, a lot of the times, even the lenders get confused, even the realtors get confused as to what is what. And it comes down to one of our important you know, aspects of our job is deciding and declaring, you know, what is a townhome, which is a condo, because there's a lot of townhomes insured like condos, and there's a lot of condos insured like townhomes in Florida uh, with some of the boards. And even in certain neighborhoods that you'll see one house insured like a condo, one house insured like a townhome, and it's a mix and match. It's always been a mess uh, here in Florida, and I don't think it will ever be figured out. Uh, that's, that's just my right. opinion, but that's where you got people, you know, like me and you to help them figure it out for them to make sure they're insured properly. Cause the last thing you want to do is, Hey, you're responsible for your portion of the roof and uh, the outside of the building. And then your unit burns down. And it's like, guess what? You know, we're replacing uh, some inside paint and some cabinets. So. No, there's definitely, I agree that there's have been listings before that were clearly townhomes, not condos that I've did open houses for in Orlando and the listing agent put it in the notes or the realtor remarks that the the condos or the whatever the association took care of the roofs. But when I talked to the actual person that lived there that came to the open house, he said, "No, we we take care of our roof individually. Why well, we have our own insurance policy individually." Um, so there's a lot of definitely a lot of learning opportunities and ways for people to improve what they their knowledge on this because we want to make sure that we get our buyers and our our the right information. So like you said, they can go to Mike and get the right kind of insurance because now we know it's the right thing. So, you know, that is, hey, this is something that the buyer, the owner is responsible for, or this is something that the HOA is responsible for. Yeah, like, another another thing, I mean, the, a, a good way to tell is actually after you have a hurricane and you go by, you go by some of these communities and you're you know driving along on, on the freeway and whatnot. And you see like what you thought was condos, but then you see, you know, there's a tarp here, skips couple, there's another tarp, there's a, another tarp down the road. Well, guess right. what? 
that's not <laughs> that's usually an indication that it is those are townhomes and not condos there's not one giant tarp covering everything uh so yeah again it is very important and as you know like when you're insuring like a condo that brings in a like let's say you have pipes burst in the wall and or a unit upstairs floods and whatnot then you're involving two insurance policies you're involving an association insurance policy and you are insuring your own individual unit owners i have seen those go to litigation where the unit owner is you know suing the association and vice versa and who owes which what because again i mean what it may seem clear of who's responsible for what, but in my experience, it's still kind of a gray area. And when, if I can give any advice is like <clears throat> when in doubt, you know, get the town home insurance instead of the condo insurance, if you are that much in doubt, because at least you're buying more coverage than is you know necessary, which is good to protect you. Because the last thing you want to be doing is fighting with, you know, the HOA to get repairs done to your unit. Uh, no, I completely agree. It's always better to be more covered than not enough covered for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing with the the condo. There was When I first moved into my condo, there was a slate leak in one of the main valves up in the upstairs closet. And the previous owner agreed to pay to get it fixed. But when we before we I talked to her, I asked the maintenance people, or the engineer of the building, who's responsible for this main valve? He said, even though we take, have the water comes into one main place for the whole building because our water is included in the HA, but the guy said that the fact that the valve is inside your unit, you're responsible for that valve, not us. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's, and a lot of this is kind of ambiguous. Certain situations are ambiguous when it comes to the HOA or the condo docs. So, I mean, you're really like, it becomes open to interpretation of who's responsible for, for what. So it's, uh, it's good to know like what you're getting into before, you know, you buy or move in. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, a, a couple other trends that we've noticed over the last couple of weeks has been, uh, you know, do I have enough coverage? And I wrote actually a, a good blog on this on our website. Like, am I insured for enough? And there's still, you know, a lot of DTI issues out there in lending and whatnot. And people are trying to get into homes, uh, you know, ever since, you know, they've made getting lending, you know, a little more difficult, which is, you know, protect the consumer in the end. But uh, when I'm talking to people about uh, how much coverage you should have, they need to be realistic. Uh, we've seen a lot of agents out there in like competition, like underinsuring people just to get the premium down to get and get those people under the house. And we've always abstained from doing that because the last thing I want to do is like sell you a house that's under, or sorry, uh, insure a house for you that's underinsured and then take the chance of it burning down the next day. And guess what? I'm cutting you a check, not the insurance company, or you're going to take me to court until I cut you a check. And people think that just because they buy a house, you know, for a certain dollar per square foot, that that's what you can insure it for. Uh, you know, we see renovation, reconstruction, um, cost, uh, you know, after a fire. We actually have a GC who you met uh, before uh, another episode with Antonio on staff. He's got a GC license. When we're in doubt, we even go to him and say, look, you know, if this house was just demolished, what are the renovation reconstruction costs going to be? And usually now in Florida, they're in excess of about $150 per square feet. 
Uh, the price of just lumber right now has like skyrocketed and that, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, obviously fires out West and, you know, what's going on with the pandemic and everything else, but people don't realize, yeah, I mean, like we were talking about water claims earlier, people just think it's, it's an easy thing and it doesn't cost money. No, guess what? To have those blowers in your house, the insurance company is probably paying sometimes per unit, $500 per day. So it does get pretty expensive. So that's the other thing we've seen is kind of like ensure this like it's, you know, you would a diamond ring. Ensure it like you would, you know, your Lamborghini. Ensure this house properly. Because guess what? It is your biggest significant asset at the end of the day. And the mortgage company at the end of the day, they're going to want to get paid their money if that house completely hurts <laughs> down to the ground. You're still right. going to have to pay off that loan. You're going to pay off that debt. And guess what? If there's not enough coverage on the house, you know, do you really want to be cutting those checks? No, not me. I'd rather be way protected than not enough for sure. Yeah. That. No, no, that's, yeah, that's, oh, well, I already knew, uh, we already predicted this. We already knew this, that uh, because of the pandemic and also the fires and all that stuff and all the different weather situations that, you know, we're in, going through in a state of inflation now in the, the United States. So things are going to get more costly. Even when I go to the Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever it may be, one of those stores, I'm not talking about lumber, but just home stuff that you need for your house in general has gone up significantly. It costs a lot more to take care of your house in general. So. Yeah, and when you get shock inflation during, uh, you know, catastrophic events, uh, you know, just like they're not – contractors aren't supposed to gouge prices. I mean, it's illegal. You're not supposed to charge, you know, gouge and raise the price of ice because there's a hurricane like they tried to do back in, you know, Andrew, you know, going back and dating myself going all the way back then. But <laughs> guess what? It happens. I mean, the – and a lot of it's, – it's interesting right now because we have a lot of clients who are trying to, you know, get new who are trying to get electrical systems updated, trying to find plumbers, uh, HVAC guys. It's so, The real estate market is so busy right now. It takes sometimes three weeks to even get somebody to call you back to even book something. Uh, and it's kind of like tack that on top of like, if we have a catastrophic event this year, let's say a category five, you know, you know, God willing does not happen, but let's say one right. day Florida, you don't think the costs of everything goes through the roof. That's why you got to buy separate screen coverage now because the insurance company realized that, you know, well, the cost of a screen is, you know, you know, during a hurricane is, you know, non-hurricane is this, let's say $10,000, but guess what? A hurricane hits, there's a huge demand. Contractors raise their price up to $25,000. And guess what? It's not price gouging if the entire industry is doing it. No, I completely agree. All right, Mike, well, we reached the end today, but um, is there anything you want to leave with us for the, the weekend before we come back here next Friday? Uh, I just wish everybody, I know a lot of people have uh, spring break right now and are enjoying the weather out there and, uh, you know, have a good time, spend some time with the kids. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be my advice, people, you know, spend some quality time <laughs> with your kids while on spring break, because I know everybody's been locked up. You know, kids are still at home. You know, parents are working remotely. So, you know, go out and, you know, have a good, safe, you know, safe time before we, you know, everybody gets back to work. I couldn't agree more. Yep. I second that. Have a very good, safe time out there, everybody. And uh, also stay safe on the roads as well, since we're, I was in the auto business before, in, before real estate, personal injury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do it. 
<laughs> there is a there has been uh, people have been uh, again i know we talked about this before but it just seems like i've i think there's a learning curve for people to learn to drive again i think you know people weren't driving for like nine months and somehow they forgot to drive or pay attention and uh you see some of the people out there cutting me off and everything else and i'm like oh my gosh it's crazy so yeah claims on uh, auto or uh, are still spiking so be careful all right, Mike. Well, thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a good day, Mike, and I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Nick. You're Bye-bye. welcome. Have a good day, guys. All right, this has been Nicholas Acosta, host of the podcast, Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. I was coming to you live from St. Petersburg, Florida, my hometown. And you may uh, see on the upper right corner of your screen the new logo with the uh, LGBTQ colors. Uh, anyways, you guys have a great weekend. Uh, I'll see you out. And uh, – Take care and God bless everybody. This has been Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Find Nick on Facebook and Instagram at downtown.expert and also his website, www.downtown.expert or call or text him at 407-508-8809. Thanks for listening. Don't spend hours or days looking for your new home. Let a downtown Central Florida expert guide you. I'm Nicholas Acosta, and I'm here to welcome you home. Being a Florida native, I know how exciting, stylish, and convenient the downtown lifestyle can be. From the nightlife scene in the heart of downtown to the natural beauty of Florida, I'm Nicholas Acosta, and I'm here to welcome you home.